Open Esther's podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. So tonight we're going to meet the Gypsy Nesters, Dave and Veronica. And I just got on their website again and read a recent blog, which seems very resonant for me and I hope for many of you, which is why they're bringing on, we're bringing them on to our second episode. Because as Willie Nelson famously sang, I can't wait to get on the road again. Yeah, and I uh, just looked at my passport the other day and realized it's been almost 10 months since my last trip uh, that I took overseas. And my passport actually is getting spider webs on it. So I took it out. I cleaned it out a little bit. I kissed it. I said, see you soon, buddy. See you soon, we buddy. We hope so. When, when Americans can hit the skies again. And look, even if you, ha- if you haven't been set back, which we have by f- financially, and especially if you stayed healthy through this time, we do need to start dreaming again. So the idea that we, we want to go past this nine months of going to the grocery store and I'd like you to you know, consider dreaming again. This couple sold everything when their kids left the nest. And over the last 10 everything. years, they've been to six continents and 60 countries. Yeah, they didn't have any COVID to deal with. That's why they do it. But they sold everything, as Tessa said, and took a beat-up RV, and off they go. And that's something that is really takes some courage. And we are going to take their advice. It's a low-cost way to do it, yeah. and and we're going to take an RV trip in the, coming up, and well, we're only for gonna, 10, 10 days. days just to yeah. try it, so right. we're going to see how that goes. We, we have to figure out if we're going to get along with having to be together exactly. in a very small, uh, quarters. small quarters. Yeah, we have to figure it out. So you'll hear from us on the road. So without any further ado, let's meet the Gypsy Nesters. Yeah, let's meet the Gypsy Nesters. Good afternoon, David and Veronica. How are you today? Thank you for joining our podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having us. We're doing quite well today, all things considered. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. We are so excited to have you guys. We really had so much resonance with the fact that you created a new life, new lives, brand new, beautiful lives as your kids became empty. You became empty nesters and your kids left the nest and Mm -hmm. you're your blogs are fascinating. I just fascinating. love them. And the fact that you put out a book and you're just such a together couple and all that I've read about you with your humor and great writing. Uh, welcome. And song of writer and musician. Oh, wow. wow. My head is swelling as we go. <laughs> <laughs> so we are finding you on a boat, as I understand. So can we, you give us we'll a little bit there. of uh, where you are right now and then we can maybe take it back to how this all came about. Okay. Uh, this is, yeah, this is a new chapter, actually. We just moved onto the boat a little while back, about a year or so ago. 
Um, before that, as you know, but listeners may not, um, we took what we called a victory lap for when our youngest went off to college. And we were living down in the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. And St. Croix. Thought, well, yeah, St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And we'd been down there for about 10 years. All our kids graduated from down there. And we thought, well, we should go back up to the States and see family and friends and everything like that and take a little break before we go back, you know, nose to the grindstone. And we bought a beat up old motor home and took off to just go see everybody and see, you know, interesting things along the way as we traveled. Oh, just and, just to interrupt for a yeah. second, the, the motor home was so beat up <laughs> that we got it for $3,000 on eBay. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we, and that was part of the plan. We thought it was going to be temporary all along. We thought if we buy this beat up old motorhome, it'll last six months or a year, or whatever. And when it dies, we'll be done and we'll go back to our old lives again, you know. Um, yeah. and, but it's, and it's still it, there. It's kept on going. <laughs> and we, by the time we, you know, had been all the way across the country and seen all our relatives and friends that we wanted to see, we decided we didn't want to quit and the motorhome kept going too. So we just <laughs> kept on going. And at that point, obviously we had to find some way to make it, you know, make it viable to keep going that we couldn't just not have jobs or do anything. Right. Well, you, you still have it? Is it still? It... No, it, it finally died. It actually, finally died. Story, the, <laughs> the story of its death was quite fitting. It died on Mardi Gras night in South Louisiana. We were doing a story in the on, of the on, rural, on the old rural Mardi Gras that go way back to the old French medieval traditions. We were writing a story about that called How to Do Mardi Gras Without Lifting Your Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Take take us to that moment where you uh, took your vi victory lap, and that was the moment that you knew that you become empty nesters. How did it feel? I mean, what did make you just take, just destroy the nest, and pack up <laughs> and, and fly away like a little birdie? Tell well, us. that's part of that's part of where our name Gypsy Nesters came from, and that's the play on empty nest. Also, Gypsy being vagabond travelers, and then empty right. nest. Um, we. We were, and I'm sure most people do, the, the year or so as our youngest was getting ready to leave, we started, of course, thinking about now, you know, what we call our now what moment. Of now like, what, what moment. What are we yeah. going to do, you know? <laughs> right. And we, I think, just thought it would be best to do something pretty drastic, you know, something to really change things up rather than mm -hmm. be in the same place where the kids were and it was even more so because Ronica was, where, were, where were you then she was working you were still we were in St. Croix, 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 Croix and Ronica was actually working at the school that the kids all had gone to and graduated from so she had kind of a different perspective yeah. on it I mean the idea of going back to my desk without my kids coming in you know asking to go to chicken shack to get lunch for them <laughs> or you know yeah. <laughs> whatever you know they're different um suggestions of my time you know I mean it was just you know my kids were very involved with the drama department and sports and things like that and just thinking of even going to a play without them there was just devastating to me yeah. and I'm not gonna lie a lot wow. of it was that they all went to college back up in the states and 
we kind of, I, I mean, I, I chased them. Yeah. Bit, no, you know, I mean, it was like, I wanted yeah. to be close yeah. to the kids. <laughs> right. Because even when, when our two girls are the older and then our son is youngest, um, even when they were still in college, obviously they can't just pop home for the weekend when you live in St. Croix and they're in school sure. in New York and Washington, right. D.C. And so, uh, so we, we, you know, they'd come home for the summer and maybe if we were lucky at Christmas, um, but we didn't, you know, you, it's not like we could sure. see them very often. And so Veronica, there was some of that of trying to, you know. Veronica writes a lot about that in the blogs about helicopter mm -hmm. mom and the funny parts at the beginning. So I do wonder how that, I mean, Amir was mentioning this transition time. So you wanted to follow them, but you were excited about re rediscovering each other or was that a process itself? Like how did that, how did, how did that unwind for you? going from helicopter um, yeah you know going from helicopter mom to to a mom of adult children is a huge transition as i'm pretty sure every empty nester knows and you know i mean and that even goes on you know to this day you know um half you know sometimes they call you for advice and sometimes mm -hmm. you you shove unsolicited advice down their throats you know and you don't mean to but it just it just happens but um, yeah, there was a whole lot of us wanting to kind of rediscover, you know, who we were when we met each other. Yeah, um, that, that definitely put, entered in our thinking too, as to, as far as getting the motor home and doing all of that was definitely a way to, to go back to the couple that we, that met before we had kids. So it's kind of to full circle, you know, yeah, I mean, to, to, yeah. and how did the kids feel about that? I mean, did they feel like that was their home and. Why are you leaving it? Was there any of that, or did they celebrate that right away? No, there was some of that, <laughs> and it varied between the three kids too. There's some of them took it a little more, but they all ended up embracing it. Um, for... Yeah, we had actually initially gone up to the states to help our, you know, our son transition into college, and and um, bought some property you know some rental property there to just kind of make ends meet and um so we were around quite a bit right when he first started college and then when he, we decided to buy the motor home he came you know over to where we were staying and he goes you're gonna live in a car you know? I mean, he was like what are you doing you're live in your car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah it, it was but Part, they were pretty excited yeah. about it i mean we took them on some trips in the beginning you know when they were when yeah. they had time to get away and and we've been I, mean, I guess our life before that was a little bit untraditional in the sense that uh i mean we lived in nashville for 20 over 20 years together and i was there for several years before i met veronica and before we got married but I always travel. I was a, a musician, right. a working musician, and what, I, especially what, what, early in my career, I was on the road all the time. I mean, what do you play? What do you play? I play. Uh, I made my living playing bass guitar mostly, bass singing. Guitar. Um, uh -huh. But I play guitar also, and I'm a songwriter and singer. And, um, so, uh, and you know, spent the the deal in Nashville is people won't come to you. You have to go to them. And so we would. I would travel pretty much all the time playing music. And then as, as my career went on and on, I got to where I could be home a little bit more. But still, the kids were used to that sort of vagabond. And then we moved to St. Croix. Uh, the girls were both finishing high school when we moved. And our son went and finished grade school down there. 
So they had already had, you know, kind of a different gypsy sort of experience. They had, they yeah. had a gypsy yeah. experience. Well, well, but, but and we were... also traveled as much as we could with them when they were kids, too. I think traveling is important for education and learning sure. and knowing the world. And yeah, so. And they're all very big travelers. They, they, they are all over the place. I mean, they yeah. live very, you know, one's in Alaska, one's in, uh, Paris, France, and the other one lives on Manhattan. And they oh, just, they, oh. they love traveling. And they sure. were very lucky that they have partners that, and you know, that, that are good travelers with them. Because as we learned, that's a growing experience. Yeah. Well, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the two of you really have such diverse, I mean, the fact that you came from this, this, a life of traveling into an RV for a year. I'd like to hear yeah. about how you felt to be well, in that. We actually year. ended up in the RV for about six years. Six <laughs> by years. The time it was all done. That we wrote about it in that the the book is really just about the first year, but we ended up staying and going on for for a little over six years, I think. Actually, it kind of it was. It's an odd thing. We used to say the plan is no plans when we first <laughs> took off. Because we wouldn't like plan way ahead and like, okay, you know, next week we'll be in Yellowstone and then we're going to have to be in Yosemite by the following Tuesday and do that. We didn't do that. We just kind of went and saw where it went and we called it the plan is no plans. And that continued in that we never really planned or tried to make this into becoming travel bloggers like we became and being right. fine, you know later being sent all over the world by different travel companies and tourism bureaus and that sort of stuff to write stories for them and and mm -hmm. so we've ended up now in almost 60 different countries on six continents to, really? you know to write these stories and as that was happening we were spending less and less time in the motorhome and more and more time flying overseas and flying right. here in the States and, and doing those kinds of stories to and the point you, where finally... And did you have a base? Did. did you have a base when you start flying? We did not for, well, I mean, we sort of did. So we whatever the, whatever the nearest uh, airport, you park the RV there? A lot of times that was the case, yes. <laughs> and then you take off from there. There's a lot of times we have to find like storage unit lots that would let us park there. The RV won't fit in an airport parking lot. Right. <laughs> and so we couldn't park. Um, that was, and then after a while, when we started doing more and more international stuff, and our girls at that time were both living in New York City, then we decided, well, we should get a base where we can leave the motorhome so we can stop having to rent, you know, storage units right. for it all the time. And we yeah. actually ended up having an apartment outside of New York City for a few years while we, we still had the motorhome and still spent most of our time when we were here in the States in the motorhome. But we were spending, there were several years where we were out of the country more than we were in the country. Wow. Where we were spending more time overseas than we were spending here in the States. And some people so, would say that that's hard to just always be traveling. I just am so curious about how you guys accepted the fact that you just let that be. It's no plan. I mean, having no plan as the plan, I love. How about your bodies? How about your regular you know, feeling like habits? Like, how did you feel about those things? Not having regular habits, changing them a lot, the excitement, and how did they, what were the challenges about I, it? I would have to defer to Veronica on that because, like I told you before, I did that most of my life as part of my career where I was traveling almost all the time. So to me, it seemed fairly normal for Veronica. Yeah. I mean, I, the motorhome was definitely my home. I mean, I am 
at heart a homebody, I think. And you just, you know, you have a home and the wind, you know, the the, um, view out the window is something new every day. So that's, that was really exciting, but it would have been a lot different if we had decided to, I don't know, hitchhike across the country or drive and stay in hotels or things like that. I mean, motorhomes really are little homes and- Yeah, and even that did, I mean, so those first three or four years where we were almost exclusively here in the States, certainly North America, we spent some time in Canada and Mexico also, but in the motorhome, not not flying all, all over the world, that did seem more structured, more like we had a, a home. Like yeah, when you, you, you know, come back to home, it. It seemed like it was home, you know. Right. Absolutely. It was small, but it was fine. So then, yeah, the last few years of being like really really all over the world did start to take some toll. And that's part of why we got the boat then was to kind of have more of a stable. We're not traveling nearly as much as we did a few years well, ago. Coronavirus well, coronavirus obviously has stopped that. Sure. But even before the virus, like we went last year before the virus, I think we did four or five overseas trips. The years before that, we probably did eight or nine. The year before that, we did probably 20. I mean, so it was like, right. we yeah. kind of yeah. were it down a little bit and where is um, the boat now where 20 is, where is too much i can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. a lot yeah and, and where is the boat now uh tessa is asking we're in southern california in ventura california ventura. well we actually had an interesting well trying to hopefully feeling a little less interesting um but when we first moved to Ventura, we actually got this great apartment down in the uh, or up on the hillside. And then six months later, we were in Cuba and uh-huh. we were um, doing a bike tour there and um, got a phone call from my brother or an email from my brother that told us our place had burnt to the ground. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. yeah so that's one of the reasons why the boat is 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 happening i mean it's kind of it was sort of in the back of our minds we've always you know we had boats in nashville and on st croix but um yeah that kind of you know sealed the deal as far as that pushed us to it yeah yeah so um and how long you've been on the boat now how long a little over a year now yeah over a year so I'd love to hear yeah. some of your funniest stories. I mean, or the, okay. or the funniest first, and then potentially if you want to start thinking about or the other one, some of the roughest things that you've actually grown because of. So those are the two areas I'd love to hear a little okay. bit about, about your travels. Any funny stories or anything that you feel like the those those points that were the most challenging that you really It says co- conquer fear. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, our, uh, you know, one of the... the um, the ongoing threads of our website that, you know, of, of a, at least what I write about was fear conquering. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I'm a homebody and, you know, a helicopter mom and all of that. And so getting out and even like the first night on the motorhome was really scary for me. Just, I mean, I was that, you know, and, and so I was literally pushing myself to do, crazier and crazier stuff um I think one of the funniest things that happened was the um when we were working with uh Queensland tourism in in um Australia Mm -hmm. um they were just great and they were asking you know 
what kind of things we would like to do. And, you know, I told them that I liked the fear conquering aspect of things. And, and uh, one of the women said, you know, well, what about jumping out of a plane? And I <laughs> wow. immediately went, yes. And David said, what? And he's always the one that's like ready to rock on yeah. those kind of things. And, you know, she basically said, well, I can't, um, you know, I, uh, you know, we'll figure something out. Maybe you can jump on your own and we'll figure out something for, for David. And so when we got the itinerary, it was hysterical. I mean, Australians are hysterical anyway. They're some of my favorite people in the world. But the itinerary said, today, Veronica will jump um, skydive. a skydive. Um, oh and God. David will have a spa day. We have him set up for a full body wax. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I got on the airplane. (laughs) No wax. (laughs) No. But the story actually took a different turn from there because my my theory is you don't jump out of an airplane as long as it's not on fire. But (laughs) um, as we were climbing up to jump, Veronica started getting more and more just turning literally gray. I had never seen her that scared. She actually started, she was all tough down on the ground. It, it is a scary thing. Going, we don't need to be jumping out of an airplane. By the time we got up in the air ready to jump, she was absolutely petrified. Just absolutely yeah, stone I, petrified. I yeah. was <laughs> expecting, you know, like flight of the Valkyries and we'd all have parachutes on and it's, we're in a big military plane and you know the big doors no. open and all that well we got in this, this single sus, engine yeah, plane single. backwards attached to some guy that we barely knew who thankfully my guy had a great sense of humor because if it wasn't for his humor we would have never gotten through my fear he yeah. was just great and I had David blocked in so there's this little window and my thought was if I don't jump, then David doesn't Nobody get to goes, jump. That yeah. was the only thing that, that well, got me to jump. Or I wasn't even jumping. Well, I guess then, I got pushed out more than Yeah, that. well yeah, that which is good because I probably never would have gone out either if I hadn't been attached. We didn't jump by ourselves. You're you tandem, you know, you're with the guy that knows what he's doing. Wow. So you know, yourself because <laughs> you probably would. So when I saw her go out the door and you I was shocked. She just disappears you just i mean you go and you're just gone and i'm looking i was like oh no i am not doing this this is not gonna happen and the guy just rolled me out wow it was actually on it was valentine's day it was on valentine's day and we hit we get to the beach we land on a beach you know there's beautiful it really was a beautiful thing but it's scary your, your whole body is telling you your mind when you're sitting there at the door right. getting ready to jump out of a plane yeah doesn't every make sense of your, of your conscious being is going don't do this that's not something you should do right. that's a really bad idea don't do it <laughs> <laughs> and then you go and once you're going then it's pretty cool you know once well, we you land bottom, we get to the bottom on the beach there's a TV crew. The, the the tourism bureau had called the TV crew to come and do a Valentine's Day spot. Of this couple, look, this lovely emptiness <laughs> couple going on an airplane on Valentine's Day. But they didn't tell And they come running up to Veronica, and the first thing she says is, I've got no spit left in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and they aired it, and that was like my... My, my television debut. <laughs> That's great. Oh, nice God. story. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. 
So you didn't do it again, I would assume. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm glad I did it, but I don't feel any need to do it again. The two guys that took us literally took right back off and went right back up and did it yeah, again. You quit while you were ahead. To people yeah, and I, you know, I can say I did it. I'm glad I did, but I don't feel any desire to do it again. Right. Let me ask you a logistical thing that maybe my listeners may be thinking if they're fear-averse or even just more traditional in any way, is that how do you make sure that you're, when you were traveling all those years and as you're getting older, medical, doctors, concerns, insurance, well, you just did yeah. it. You just did it or you just had, you had thought it through? We did, how? yeah. And we, we, well, there are a couple of things. We get asked that a lot and it becomes more of a concern as you get older. We did, we had our kids very young, so we became empty nesters. I was just 50 when we became empty nesters. Ronnie was still in her 40s. So we had our kids really young, and that made for us to be very young sure. empty nesters, sure. which certainly helped. We were way more able to do. But then and we're talking about, what, 15 years ago now, 10, 12 years ago, whatever. Um, so now that's more of a concern now, and we probably couldn't do a lot of the stuff we did back then anymore. Right. <laughs> but we also, some of it, you're right, we just said, you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. And and did it. Uh, we did, did have that. a few little medical issues along the way every now and then uh, in other countries, and discovered that most other countries are pretty open to allowing you as a foreigner to have not major medical treatment, but you know, sure. decent basic level medical treatment without it breaking the bank or being a problem. You sure. Know? So, yeah. But I was. I mean, I made sure. I, um, we had a will done well, right yeah. before we left. I mean, right. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we had all that set up prior to yeah. going because I freaked out and just insisted that we did yeah. just in case. And there's ways right. to not, I mean, as, as crazy as stuff as it sounds like we did, I never felt that like skydiving, I didn't feel was truly dangerous. I'm more dangerous was certainly jumping off a cliff in Peru right. <laughs> with somebody who they couldn't even talk to. <laughs> tied to you thought I died then. Yeah, there, you thought I that was, was bad and <laughs> the other time I thought we were going to die was zip lining in Costa Rica. Yeah, that was bad too. Yeah, me too. They had, they had <laughs> anchors on trees that were swaying about 100 feet yeah. from the ground and it was not comfortable but in at general, all. In general, we, I think certainly some of it's luck. Some of it is you pay attention to your surroundings sure. like you should anywhere when you're traveling, be attentive. We, I guess, have good constitutions because we've eaten all oh kinds of God. crazy stuff well, and not ever gotten from it. So, and like I said, and we're generally healthy people too. So that's, that's, been, that's good, you know, oh, and you can... Awesome. You know what, I just wanted to say it because we're going to wind down here but and wrap up, but I just, you know, life is a daring adventure or nothing at all, Helen Keller said, and you guys have just inspired <laughs> me so much. I mean, that. <laughs> that was part also when we started the website as opposed to just doing it, because the first year that we were out, most of that time, we weren't writing about it. We weren't doing a website. That kind of grew as we went and well yeah. like you were saying yeah we i mean we had started the website um just basically to keep but just for fun there. right yeah yeah, yeah it's a way to put up pictures travel blogging and, yeah. wasn't really a thing and right. so when people started commenting on it we're like wait you know i actually had to call my daughter 
who's a journalist and go, what's going on here? And she kind of took a look at it. She goes, oh, I have to teach you how to use Twitter. And I have right. to teach you. Right. you know? Yeah, so, she she got it. Our oldest daughter, who's now, a, she's actually a France 24 anchor woman in Paris now. No um, uh, yeah, yeah. So she was the one who kind of got what the possibilities of doing something like this with social media and a website and doing, and this was, you know, this was back in the 2008, early, 2000, yeah, yeah. late 2000s before there was right. a ton of travel right. bloggers running around, you know, so, but she got that. We, who knows, I don't know if we ever would have figured it out on our own. <laughs> any, any advice? Do you have any well, advice? Before you go to the advice, I, you know, you, you, most people really couples that get to that uh, age, age when they has they become empty nester or open nester in our book really fear that uh, particular moment you yeah. embraced it you move forward and you know you discovered each other and the love of the youngster that got fell in love 38 years ago yeah. uh, you know can you just elaborate on that and then we'll just wrap it up for you if you don't mind well, that, I mean, that really was intentional. That part of it was not yeah. part of the no plans. That was sort of the plan that underlied the no plan. To, to, to invest to invest time <laughs> to with think, each other. Yeah, yeah. And, and we do talk about that a lot in the book and also on the website a lot of that's a way of reconnecting with each other when you, because your kids, you've had decades of raising kids and that yeah. is your focus when you have the kids there and it should be that you are going to do what you have to do to make that all work. And when it's gone, all of a sudden, there is a huge missing gap there, you know, and you have to adjust to how you're going to relate to that. And to us thinking was, we're going to be together from now on. The kids are still going to be our kids. Right, we're going to see right. as much and whatever, but the two of us are together now from now on. Let's go back to what, why did we get married in the first place? Why did right. we, why were we a couple 30 years ago? The genesis. Yeah. yeah. And so that was really the, the idea behind it. If there was any driving force behind what we did, it was that. It that's was to fabulous. connect together again. Yeah. And, and, and it was, doesn't have to be through, I mean, that's one thing that we, we say quite a bit is, you know, you don't have to be as crazy as we are yeah. to reconnect. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a, uh, myriad of things that that couples can do together sure. um it, my only caveat is make sure it's something that's new to both of you so one of you isn't in that teaching position yeah. that it's you know like you know david tried to teach me to ski one time <laughs> and it was a disaster <laughs> because you know he's like you know just just well, I've done it, I've done I don't it all know what it is. Yeah, and I don't know what he's talking about. And he's been skiing since, you know. Like, it's simple. You just lean over there, dig your edge, and you turn. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, I'm going down hills 100 miles an hour and, and hasn't been taught how to stop. You know, it's a disaster. Right. So if you go into something new with both of you experiencing it as a as a newbie together, that's a really powerful Fabulous. thing. That's, that's a very good advice to our audience. Any other piece of advice that you think that uh, audience may uh, can to, can learn from you? Then now that you have basically conquered the world, uh, <laughs> to become empty nesters. <laughs> well, that I mean that honestly is one of the biggest ones is to try new stuff together. Uh, I think another is to to make sure to let your your adult children be adults, 
and that's a difficult transition for a lot of people for everybody for everybody, for everybody. The kids and, and right. you yeah and and if you keep treating them like kids they're going to keep Being responding kids. like kids yeah and so let them be adults and that doesn't mean you have no input in no opinions no nothing it just means they're not depending you don't get to right they're not depending on you don't need to know what time they get home. <laughs> and you don't, and you can't fix their lives. They're responsible for them. Exactly. And like exactly. that, So that becomes a really big part of our witnessing our adult children. And I appreciate you emphasizing that again, Dean. Yeah. And it's, it's not, I'm not claiming it's easy. It is, you know, and it's a process. No, no, it's, it's not something that happens just like one day. It, it's certainly know, it's work in progress. progress. Yeah, so, yeah. And so uh, if you wanted to just give us a little bit about, you know, where people can find you, about your book, so we can wrap okay. up here. Uh, www.gypsynester.com is the website. Uh, the book is proudly featured there on the website. It's still available on Amazon, and it's okay. called Going Gypsy, One Couple's adventure from empty nest to no nest at all and it like i say it's still it's not still available on amazon and it gives a very it's here's kind of a cute story about it when, when our publisher is skyhorse publishing there in new york and um when we were talking to them after we had finally finished everything and all and they were like well what do you want to shelve it as and we're first time authors we don't know what you're even talking about and they're like well it has to be shelved it. <laughs> you know is it a track is it and i'm Adventure. like travel, travel section it seemed like they went no 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 it's in the humor section so <laughs> if you're looking in a bookstore look in the humor section right. but i i advise amazon would be your best sure. <laughs> Okay. Thank you so much. For David, your Veronica, Veronica, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, you appreciate your time and your advice. You have been an inspiration and we want to thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for the kind words. And we do. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because we do intend to try to, you know, inspire people to, to you move certainly, on. With you certainly inspired us. Well, good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. We did our job. <laughs> Bye-bye. That was such an interesting interview, Amir. I'm, I'm, we, we were both having such a good time, just the surprises that came along the way. And I just love that someone is yeah. entering Act 3 with Absolutely. so much daring fun. It is, it is incredible to hear a story like that. And I like that uh, victory lap. Uh, now I have to remember that, that word victory lap. They took the victory lap, and their advice really is to try to do stuff together. And, you know, the second, you know, what they say about the kids, let the kids be adults, and they need to learn how to feed themselves. And, you know, that is so true. We all somehow, some way, find a way to cling to the kids, and, you know, uh, we have to worry about them all the time, you know? Yeah, you tend to be more of the worrier. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I, do, I do love the fact that as they were moving on in their lives, and they kept in touch with their kids. Their relationships, from what I spoke to them online in the interview and then offline, became richer. And you know, when we let when we let ourselves just continue to dream yeah. for ourselves and individuals and as together, together mm -hmm. the kids see that, and then they learn to do that too. So just this was so inspiring to watch people really live that way. Right. right? So anyway, uh, their book, Going Gypsy. 
Uh, and their blog, the, gypsy and, and, the, the website, you go to the gypsynesters.com. The gypsynesters.com. Nesters. Nesters, uh, of course. I keep on forgetting that S, although I say it, but, you know, I mean it. But anyway, gypsynesters.com. Visit their website and uh, get inspired. And maybe, maybe we'll meet you on the road with an RV while we are traveling. Shall we tell them about our next episode? Absolutely. So our upcoming episode will feature three couples who, when we told them about this concept of looking at empty nesting, rather as open nesting, they were so responsive because they've been doing their own things. Uh, they aren't connected, but we decided to put them together because they will tell you about how they have figured out their their ways to embrace this stage of open nesting life through different passions, sometimes apart, sometimes together, and sometimes enhancing their communication in order to get through rough times. So next week, we'll be introducing you to three couples, Julie and David, Aviva and Hezi, and Liam and Kristen. And we look forward to seeing you on that next episode. Another episode of The Open Nesters is coming to an end. We would love to hear from you. So please, go to our website www.theopennesters.com the double N in the middle and S at the end theopennesters.com Leave us a comment. Tell us would you like to be a guest on our show? Do you have a subject matter that you'd like to hear more of? Or just leave a comment your opinion and whatever you feel. Meanwhile If you'd like to join our Facebook page, it's a private group, and we'd love to have you interact with your discussion and comments and see what it's like and let people know what it's like to be an open nester. It's a private, secure site. Just go to the Open Nesters on Facebook, or you can get to it through our website. Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. Ciao.